0: back to another episode of ice time with your hosts Matt Piscazzi, and john horton thank you again for listening yesterday today and tomorrow and for all the continued support uh, be sure to check us out on twitter or x at icetime 9899 and if you'd like to get in touch with us be sure to send us an email over at ice time 9899 at gmail.com uh, this episode will be out on monday we'll have another one for you at the end of the week on friday uh, as always stay tuned for a uh, wacky wednesday uh, i know we always mention that we haven't really done too many but uh, yeah, always stay tuned for that. We will definitely, of course, keep you guys updated, and uh, you know we hope to be able to to get some of those, some more of those out in the future. But uh, yeah, without further ado, I will shoot over to my uh, my co-host over there, my buddy, to uh, start us off on this episode.
1: All right, welcome back, everybody. So from our last predictions, I uh, finally pulled out a victory here, seven to two. Um, actually pretty
0: shocked that I did that well cuz usually I'm pretty horrendous with that. Oh, I was going through those and I was just like, oof, this is a tough one. You you got me <laughs> yeah. on these ones, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: um so we got a couple here that we'll we'll dive into some big ones. Um uh, uh first one I'll dive into here, uh Capitals and Islanders Capitals 141. So look, any Islanders fans out there, you just signed a uh, good old Sorokin to a nice 8-year uh, 8 million. He's an amazing goaltender, but clearly this defensive structure in front of him, uh, not really, doesn't seem to be really cutting it offensive. Offensively, seems to kind of be depleted maybe because of that. And, um, you know, as of today, November 12th, when we're recording this, I, I have a new data chart for 5v5 expected goals against per 60. And right now, the Islanders in the league rank 27th at 2.82 goals. So, yeah, um, a little bit of struggle there in Long Island. Not really too sure exactly what they can do to fix it. I've heard some whispers on Twitter of potential coaching changes. I don't know. Uh, if, I don't really know if that would really... It probably would fix some of it. Maybe a new coach would uh, let the offense be a little more aggressive and you know less of that boring
0: defensive structure game. So, I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. I, th- I think it's an interesting case you could make for it because i mean they haven't been overly successful in the past few years like they really have been kind of stagnant in this like last playoff position kind of team where sometimes they look really good and other times they do not and they are one of those teams that's they're they're not going to win by you know the oilers way of just outscoring their problems they're going to win by you not scoring as much as them and mm-hmm. we haven't seen as much of that from them this season it, it's weird to say you expect a lot more from them defensively as much as I don't like them I do have to recognize that they're typically a very good defensive hockey team and they really haven't been too much of a of a defensive powerhouse here to begin this year and uh you know like you said the, the note on Sorokin him and Varlamov both like you look at their stats and they're really not the, the save percentage really isn't terrible especially Varlamov he's a 94 save percentage and uh the goals against it, it's not terrible I mean sorokens is definitely higher than you want to see though it's a 3-2-4 goals against you just coming off a of Vesin season with such a good defensive structure in front of him it's so weird you know it makes you wonder if a a coaching change could really kind of help them out maybe get a new system in there and and see if you can maybe unlock some of these guys who are maybe being held back by this type of defensive hockey i'm not really sure I, you know i don't really watch too much of the of the Islanders myself but yeah definitely an interesting point um kind of see I don't know I think I'd be more I'd be reluctant to change the coach but it's like at what point do they have to say as an organization like we need change you know like they've been playing this defensive style of hockey for how many years now and it's like okay when do we really kind of maybe have to look at changing things up seriously and maybe revamping the team rebuilding whatever that looks like but um, I think right now might be a little too early just because it is you know only like what 13 14 games into the year here but yeah definitely something to keep our eyes on uh, as this season progresses for sure
1: yeah I think so too I mean when you're I understand they're playing the, the Capitals, who are probably one of the worst teams in the league, but they're kind of hurting for po- for points. Why? Well, I'm surprised they didn't start Sorokin over Varlamov, but I don't know. I'm not the coach, I guess. <laughs> but um, another quick mention here, the Coyotes-Predators, 7-5. to Coyotes really blasted the Predators there. Also, that Predators game, uh, Ryan O'Reilly played his 1,000th game. He got the silver stick, right? Yeah, or platinum stick, one of the two. I forgot the exact uh, color of it, but yeah, uh, Barry Trotz presented it to him, so congratulations to him for that. Um, The Oilers won a game, uh, Zach Hyman (laughs) with a hat trick in the first period. Uh, They won 4-1 against the Kraken, and uh, we'll get into the news later of it, but uh, Jay Woodcroft has been relieved as the head coach, and Chris Knobloch, who was the AHL coach for the uh, Hartford Wolfpack. Uh, is now the new head coach of the Edmonton Oilers.
2: important that you're coming to mid-season. You can only do so much on changing the systems and uh, lines. and The players have to have some stability. And there are things as a coach you want to put your stamp on, and this is really important for me. I see that we're failing in this area. We need to improve that. Uh, but as a coach coming in, you can only do so much. You can only change so many areas. Um, I really want to get um, involved, uh, reach out to all my the coaching staff. I met them just briefly a few moments ago, but um, make some progress there on the lay of the land, what's going on with the team. Um, I have my opinions, I would certainly want to hear theirs, uh, but I also want to reach out and talk to the players, um, veterans, young players, get their perspective, let them know what I'm expecting from them, and um, ultimately, I see a, a very talented team um, underperforming. Obviously, that's why I'm here. But um, ultimately, I'm trying to build something. And um, we can um, obviously have the su- success that was anticipated at the beginning of the year.
1: And I didn't realize, Matt, you were telling me that he actually coached McDavid and juniors, which is interesting. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Um, that's, that's like you know, the big
0: connection that um, a bunch of people are kind of like, theorizing like that's that's why this works essentially i mean not that you know no knock on nabok he's been a pretty successful coach through through juniors ahl um he actually stood stood in for us for quite a few games through covid and i was actually pretty impressed i mean i think when you replace a head coach there like especially during covid like you know the coach is going to come back right so it's not like you get in there and do anything crazy but you know to keep the structure keep the guys motivated win the games you know that matters and and there was a string, actually, where he, he was our head coach there, um, you know, replacing like Gigi or something or David Quinn. I can't remember who. I think we won like five games in a row or something like there was, you know, so he, he pretty impressive little young career here. Um, definitely. It seems like that's kind of why he got that job, maybe over some of the other, you know, candidates per se. But yeah, no, happy for him. Uh, unfortunately, now we have to look for a new head coach for our HL team, though. So yeah, yeah you win but, some, you lose you know, some, you know, you do.
1: Um, another one quickly going to here, Canucks Maple Leafs, uh, Canucks have been really good. They've been on fire, but you know, they fall to the Maple Leafs five to two, um, get into the newsletter too. Ryan Reeves, officially his first time as a healthy scratch for the Maple Leafs. Um, and there was of course two like big scraps that happened when he wasn't there. So I thought that was, uh, that was pretty interesting. And, um, the, another interesting quick thing, the Bruins and Canadians, Canadians win three to two in OT. and. You're telling me this
0: is the first time they've beat the Bruins in four years? Yeah, supposedly. I I saw that and I was just like, really? Like, wow, they play each other like a few times a year here. But yeah, apparently this is the first time they beat them in four years. And uh, for them to get another win in OT, just some some really good like grit and like resilience we've seen out of the Canadians. I think that's like their third or fourth OT win here. And it's been, what, you know, 13, 14 games and against one of the you know best teams in the league here. So that was really impressive to see from them. Uh, Kind of fighting, trying to keep their their hopes here alive in this early season. See what they got.
1: Hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I I wondered too. We can get into maybe later another episode when the great Montreal Canadiens will be back on a as a hardcore contending team. Yeah, because it's been a while. It really has. Um, and I guess last game we will get to here, which is very interesting. Uh, you know, team that started off very strong and the team that we're still looking to have a, re- a revenge run from winning. Cup two years ago, the Colorado Avalanche get blown out by the St. Louis Blues of a score eight to two. Um Braden Sheen and Pavel Buchnevich both had hat tricks. <laughs> Which is just crazy to <laughs> see two hat tricks. Uh, oh my god. Yeah. So they uh they had, a, they had a pretty uh pretty good night. Um, you know, face off percentage wise, pretty close, forty eight percent for the blues, fifty-two percent for the avalanche. Um, you know, two power plays converted to four for the uh, blues. Um, you know, 18 block shots, you know, nothing too crazy. It's just, um, I think, uh, in terms for Colorado, you know, former, uh, Rangers backup goaltender who has looked pretty good, you know, here and there, but, uh, you know, Alexander Yorgiev had a complete meltdown, you know, only, uh, with allowing six goals against and a 0.78 save percentage, saving 22 out of 28. Uh, he a, awful. so he melted down pretty pretty hard especially against a team like the blues right now that's not
0: really uh well uh your, your, your boy team, over but... there uh binnington came in clutch dude like he he had 36 he saves and a 947 save percentage i mean we talked yeah, a lot of a lot of trash about him in the, in the off season, and uh here he is putting on a show but yeah super unexpected to see this one i, I don't think either of but we both had the abs winning this game and and for the blues to go out and win it that's one thing for that for them to win it by six i mean just wow i was not expecting that at all And actually, I saw um, from our our Twitter, I think you had went on. Would you put uh, the picture of McKinnity who were like hat trick soon? Like, because we really, it's like, when's he going (laughs) to? I did. Like, he's having like a. That did not happen. (laughs) Yeah, no, unfortunately for him. But uh, yeah, did not expect to see that one. I mean, I got to give credit to the Blues there. I didn't really get to watch too much of it. But to see him come out there and put it, you know, just just smack smack the abs like that is just wow.
1: Yeah, I do like the Blues, but. The Current, this current blues roster, I'm not a huge fan of, except maybe Buchnevich. I wish he could have stayed oh, I miss with him, the Rangers, but, yeah. but you know, whatever. What you um, do? especially since he's a right wing. Oh my god, <clears throat> who knows? Maybe trade deadline. I don't know. Um, but then there's always that risk, you know. You bring the guy back. What if he sucks? Oh,
0: know? Well, I mean, they're not, like they're not they're not going to move playing. him anyway. They love him there, and I think he's probably still on contract anyway. I don't really know. Actually, Matt kind of brings up the question: What is his contract situation? Because I'm not. I actually I'm going to look it up right now. I'm not really I'm not really familiar with it. Uh, let's see. So, what his AAV would be maybe like six,
1: uh, five okay. to six maybe. He is. Yeah, he's it's five five
0: point eight, and it uh, expires two uh, and the end of two years from now. So he has a. Uh, that's a fair yeah, deal for cool. him. So he's this season that, and the next season then that expires.
1: That's a fair deal. Yeah. yeah. No, it's solid. I mean, um, I
0: would imagine he'll probably get the same, maybe a little bit more after, but... Um, yeah, maybe like seven or something. Well, yeah, also with the cap, I the cap at so that much. point will be up be up a couple of mils. So I wonder if... Uh, yeah. That'll probably impact it as well. But yeah, no, he's, he's still got a couple of years there. I don't imagine they move him. Yeah.
1: But I guess I'm moving to some news around the league. So well, I guess we'll start with the big one. Again, a team we talked highly of uh, coming into this season, a team that we have, I think we and everybody else in the world has very high expectations for and what we can't stop talking about because, well, it's the big problem down there, the Edmonton Oilers. So you saw they sent Jack Campbell on waivers. He cleared waivers, went into their AHL affiliated team. And he had a quote here that was um quite uh, quite head-scratching because, actually, while I talk about this, if you don't mind pulling up his uh career stats um so we can oh, yeah Let me grab um him. so we can compare his quote to his stats oh, um, so, anyway. <laughs> so he gets sent in, sent down to the a h l right first a h l game he lets in four goals, and one of them being a complete blunder like flip up into his glove that just was very head scratching I know he's in his early thirties, um you know might make you think maybe it's a mental thing at this point, or maybe his age has really just regressed him this much. But um anyway, so the quote here is um he was asked what it felt like to get sent down to the AHO. Of course, obviously I don't think anybody's very ever happy about that, but he said, and I quote, pretty tough, not going to lie, I felt like I was playing well, had some confidence, but obviously the numbers weren't good enough. Now I'm sure you have the stats up right now, but before you read those off, mm. um, in what universe, in what realm of reality, did he think he was
0: playing well? I I, am I don't understand. On the same page. I don't understand where he could get that inference. I mean, in his, he's played five games this year, and there, there's one game out of those five that is a good, solid performance. And the rest, his save percentage isn't even close to 90%. So, yeah. And uh, I mean, you're going to rock the numbers, I guess, because it's pretty bad here. So, in the, like I said, in those five games uh, this year, he has a uh, his total save percentage of 87.3%, with a goals against a 4.5, which, uh, you know, for his career, his numbers aren't terrible. So, his career save percentage is uh, 90.9, which basically a 91%, with a 276 GAA. Uh 93 wins in 176 games, 10 shutouts. So his stats aren't like off you know, scream off the page really bad over his career. But I was just looking at the years here, and that that most of that is literally when he was with the Kings and the Maple Leafs. Um so mm-hmm. he he has really yeah, he had a couple years with the Kings, he played thirty one games, twenty games. Uh the one one or two seasons he only plays one five games. So I'm not gonna go over those. But the one season he had uh thirty one games and the next season he had twenty. In those two seasons, he had a nine to eight save percentage, and then a ninety percent save percentage. And with the Maple Leafs, uh, his stats are pretty good a nine 9-1, one, a nine one five, a nine two one, a nine one four. And then you get to the oillanders, not even ninety percent since he's been there.
1: <laughs> the Oilanders.
0: Oh, the oillanders, I didn't even realize. So, yeah. Get over to the <laughs> Edmonton Oilanders. But yeah, so I'll the, the stats are not there. This guy is just uh, a, yeah, a joke right I, now. Like,
1: <laughs> and I feel bad. You know, mentality. You know it can be tough in games like this and playing a professional sport, but I mean, come on! I have a quote like that. I thought I was playing well.
0: Or what?
1: <laughs> that is it's like dude, that's like delusional. Insane. Dude, that's it's like when delusional. the when the radio
0: here in New York calls Jets fans delusional is what that is. <laughs> it, that is, and I wonder
1: is from a management perspective when they heard that quote, they might have been like, "What the? All right,
0: sure, I feel like you, yeah, you can stay down in the AHL after that one." <laughs> yeah. Um.
1: So, you know, which now has led to um Jay Woodcroft being fired. Uh he he, he has the he had the highest win percentage of uh any Oilers coach in history, franchise history, and he had um, you know, only one full season under his uh under his belt. But um I will say from the start of the season I have seen reports about how he Um, you know the way he's managed the lineups has not been great, and specifically he's tried to implement this new zone type defense. Mm -hmm. Um, because I think what the reason he wanted to do the zone type defense instead of man-to-man coverage is because he I think he was expecting that. Um, with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, um, you can get these by playing zone defense. If you can play defensively sound in that, you can get breakaways a lot easier, and you can get a lot of more open passes. But a when um, your defense sucks and isn't playing well, that's not going to happen. And B, like we talked about before, um, I know McDavid is back now and he's been playing, but yeah. it's very obvious. I think everybody can agree he's playing through that injury. Still, he's definitely not at a hundred percent. He's been practically invisible the last couple couple games, and um, you know it might get to the point as a management position, it might be tough. They might have to pull him out and rest him because you know, he's not playing at 100%, and maybe continuing to play while hurt could make things worse. We did see that with, um, you know, a good example of that was as a Rangers fan last year with Jacob Trubo, you know, the start of the season, he was pretty horrendous, Um, you know, letting in all these goals, having bad coverage, you know, doing this and that, and people wanted his head on the silver platter, and now this season, um, he's been absolutely phenomenal, and he Hasn't had those same mistakes as last year because, come to find out, he was playing through a hand injury. Yeah. So when you're playing, when you're playing through those types of injuries, even if you don't, even if you try to push through it, you know your body still subconsciously is going to be more reserved. You're going to be, you're going to shy away from things. You're not going to be as explosive, and it's just detrimental to the team. Um, so I don't know. We'll see what they do. Um, it's been pretty pathetic to watch the GM of this team over the last ten years not create you know, a team around Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl to be one of a championship caliber team. It's been abysmal, but those are just my thoughts on, on this organization. Mm.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a weird time to make the move for me is the one thing that I say just because it came off a win, which I guess that doesn't mean that much in the grand scheme of things. One win, you know, versus 10 losses here in 13 games played this season. But, uh, I think I think this move for me at least has, and I guess this sounds kind of weird to say because it's not like he's been overly successful to start this year, and he has shown some inconsistencies, and like you said, some of the roster management and the, and uh, in terms of you know the on ice kind of coaching and management, we've also seen some personality stuff in terms of like him getting like you know kicked out the other game because he had to basically a hissy fit on the on the you know on the bench, which you don't love to see. I, obviously, he's a human, you know, it's going to happen every now and then. We see coaches get kicked out here and there, uh, especially when you know Tortorella was in New York for a while, so we were no strangers to seeing that, but. This decision, to me, says more, I think, or points more towards the organization just needing a change in general. I think it has less to do with deficiencies in Woodcroft's ability and kind of what he brings to the table. And to me, at least, has more to do with this organization saying something is in, like, wrong and we need kind of wholesale change here and just see what happens. And you know, it'll be interesting to see kind of what, uh, what their system looks like with stacking in there, uh, excuse me, stepping in there. Uh, You know, if he is going to try and, you know, keep that zone like you were talking about, or if he's going to switch to, you know, a a system he's more familiar with or, you know, man system, uh, something simple, whatever it might be, you know, we'll have to kind of wait and see what happens there. But yeah, like I said, I just interesting time to make the move to me. Uh, But I think their thinking is maybe if we get somebody in here kind of wholesale change, uh, maybe this can kind of be like a momentum thing for us. Maybe we can like take this and, you know, get a win, get a win with the new coach under our belt. And that can be something we can ride maybe the new system will be really good for them. And, you know, they're thinking that if they make that change right now, early in the year, that could trans, you know, translate to success further down the line. And, you know, ultimately them, you know, making a playoff appearance, which it would just be sad and and astonishing if they were to miss the playoffs. So, yeah, I think that's kind of, that's my take on it at least, Uh, you know, good, good luck to him. He should end up getting a job somewhere at some point. He's not a bad coach. And, uh, like I said, I think it has less to do with, like, deficiencies in his game and just more to do with this organization just needing change. So it'll it'll be yeah. interesting to see if some of these other teams, maybe in the offseason or, or even in the middle of the season here, if, if he does kind of catch some interest. Uh, but, you know, there are some other names out there. There's, like, G- Gerard Golanz still out there. I don't know that he wants <laughs> yeah, to come I back. I don't know do that. that anyone's begging for him to come back, especially because he loves spending time with his grandkids and his family now. And, uh, you know. I'm sure there's other mm, other kind of older, nice. older names that are out there that are always like, oh, well, are they going to come back when in reality they're not going to? But yeah, I, I guess that's my take on it, at least. Um, just sad. It's <laughs> just sad to see all this stuff coming out of Edmonton. You just want to see more of oh, that is. franchise as a whole.
1: It is, yeah, and I, and I feel like the uh, the front office definitely feels the pressure of Dreisaitl and McDavid could you know, very much pack their bags, and that's, that's oh, yeah. probably a big, big fear of theirs. Definitely takes um, the clock
0: and kind of, speeds it up in terms yeah. of like them having to make those decisions that you don't want to make as a franchise so probably another yeah. another important factor in terms of them making that change early in the season right now you know them saying like okay hey if we want to make the playoffs we need change we need it now you know better sooner rather than later and let's see what happens basically so right
1: and to show the players like we hear you we understand Like, oh yeah you're, yeah good point you're heard yeah um especially when you have players like that that can command that type of respect um Yeah, no. And uh, like we saw with Ryan Reeves too when he was on the New York Rangers, um, you know, his type of enforcer play style is one in the current NHL that kind of doesn't really need to be around, in my opinion. I mean, back in the day when there was less penalty calls and there was more cross-checking and all this fighting and stuff like that, that made sense. You know, it made sense back then. But nowadays the game's faster, more skilled. Um, There's just no need to be having a roster spot with a a fourth liner who's just going out there to get hits and then, you know, not get any shots on that and maybe even be a defensive liability. Um, so Ryan Reeves officially has been healthy scratch for the first time as a Maple Leaf so far. He was signed to a three-year deal, um, you know, and I've seen on social media. He, he is a funny character, though. I'll give him that. So, you know, they they, they push him a lot in the marketing and um, he's a funny guy. But, you know, at the end of the day, you want to win games. Uh, you're not there to be, you know, <laughs> laughing and this and that. You yeah. need to win. <laughs> And defensively, the Maple Leafs have been pretty pretty rough. And uh, maybe they can figure th- some things out. I know a lot of their um, acquisitions, offseason acquis- acquisitions like Max Domi and Tyler Bertuzzi haven't really been panning out as much as they oh, expected, yeah. especially Tyler Bertuzzi. So who knows, though? It's a long season. We'll see. Um, no, I don't hate Ryan Reeves. Um, I am kind of getting tired of some of the some of the ways he's just expected to be that big fighting guy. and yeah. That's how he's marketed. And it's just, there's just no need for enforcers anymore. Like I, I keep saying, like, it's just not, it's a thing of the past.
0: And another interesting part kind of coming out of the whole Toronto scene in general is that Samsonov has not been good this year. So yeah, he's been bad. yeah eight games with a 3.79 goals against and an 87% save percentage. Just is not a good look. So, and I had said this to you um a couple weeks ago, actually, we were talking about the Leafs and uh, and actually we were talking about Samsonov and then also uh, Joseph Wall, who's their other goalie, who has uh, in his nine games this season five wins, a two nine one goals against, which isn't amazing, but a nine o eight save percentage, which is a lot better than Samsonov. I mean those stats don't jump off the pages you as Vezna or anything like that. You know they're not breaking down the door by any means, but better than Samsonov coming from a you know younger player here, a twenty five year old, uh, only a year younger, but uh, you know makes you wonder if uh, if he's kind of gonna be the guy here a little bit moving forward seems like they are kind of rocking that like two goalie system because samsonov has eight games wool has nine so it's not like either one of them are quote-unquote winning the battle but yeah i think that that's something contributing as well is that they haven't been getting consistent goaltending uh from from either of them really so that's not helping their case either but yeah i think just to kind of i guess put a bow on the the revo stuff he's a fun guy when you have him on your team like you like to see him in the media and he's like a locker room guy uh just just a good hockey personality but then when he's on another team, like, I think we were talking about this recently. It's like, I don't like him. Like, he's annoying. Like, his personality in the media and everything is kind of fun. Like, I do think he's, like, a good person. But that gameplay, like, that game style, kind of what he goes out there to do, it's annoying. Like, it really is. When, when you don't, when, it's, when he's not the guy on your team doing it, it's just like, really? Like, that's how you want to play? Um, I know it yeah. sounds weird because, again, when we had him, it was fun to watch. And, I, and we had a lot of conversation about you know, that move and, and enjoying him kind of bringing that, that toughness to our team, which was in dire need of toughness at the time. But uh yeah, in this modern NHL on the Leafs right now, he is just one of those acquisitions, like you said, that are just not fitting in. So a lot of question marks over there in Toronto, a lot of things that I think they have to kind of iron out in this early season here to see if they can be, you know, consistently successful moving forward here. Yeah, I
1: agree. No, well well put, well put. And, uh you know, I didn't expect them to be struggling as much as they are, but don't know, we'll see. Um, other news as well. The Calder race this year is looking very exciting for the first time in a while. Hey, you ca- you called drafts. it a couple months
0: ago, man. You said it was going to be good. It's it's been spicy so far.
1: It's been yeah. Last couple of drafts have been kind of tough. Uh, maybe the last eh, maybe the last three years before this draft, you know, a lot of those upper draft picks haven't been panning out or getting as much playing time as we would have liked. But mm-hmm. so far uh, this year, it's pretty crazy. Connor Bedard has, seems to finally have found his excuse me, his stride, Um, you know, he's nine goals in 13 games, and a lot of those goals seem, you know, incredibly skilled and timed, especially today, um, they just lost to the Panthers today, but um, he had two goals that were very skillful, Uh, one was like a really nasty, just like snapshot, right-hand corner, quick release, the other one was uh, like a tough angle on the side that he just chipped up in the air over their goalie's shoulder, so he looks to be gaining a lot of confidence, and it helps that he's on, you know, Chicago Blackhawks that are a horrendous team so that way he can just get infinite minutes infinite time you know there's no pressure to win games right now of course they'd want to win but you know they're not expected to
0: and actually just real quick on that note because that's um kind of i think a big part here also in terms of like you know he has more opportunities for success he leads um most of these rookies because i'm looking at like the calder stats here he gets about 19 a little over 19 minutes a game and then uh another the defenseman pavel minkiov for uh the ducks who has nine points here and just looks like really good handler of the puck. Uh, He averages a little over 19 minutes and then there's like one or two other guys further down the list that get like 20 minutes plus, but they're defensemen. So it's not like they're really going to be coming out here and putting up points like crazy or anything like that. Right. So I think that's definitely contributes to, he is the forward here that looks like he gets the most time on ice out of a lot of these other rookies. And I think he also gets a little bit more power play time than a number of these guys as well. So uh, I think he's really, really set up here to make a push for that um, and just kind of, I think that he's in a a little bit of a better position to win it, just in terms of of having the opportunity to to put up those points. If you, you know what I mean, um, yeah. But yeah, no, it, dude. There there are some fun some fun talent in this league here, and uh, another one of those guys that's in that race. Leo Carlson had his first hat trick against the Flyers on Friday, which uh, he he's kind of coming into stride here. He looks pretty good. He is. He's been. I
1: keep getting him and Logan Cooley confused for some reason. Logan Cooley was two years ago yeah 2020 yeah um yeah, right? Carlson was this year um, we we talked about him a lot Carlson was summer. this year. yeah right playing right. a lot more third than, overall
0: yeah and yeah yep yeah, yep yeah, yep yeah, and the Ducks ended up taking him and then Fantilli went to the Blue Jackets and I mean it worked out for both parties <laughs> Fantilli has eight points for the Blue Jackets we will see him playing against us uh in New York here today and uh you know Carlson is is no slouch there six goals in uh seven points for uh for the Ducks there in nine games so yeah a lot of good rookies and uh I guess on the other end of that spectrum, just to kind of get this in here, cause um, I've been looking at this. I just don't want to forget to mention um, some sad news coming out of the hockey world here. Total other end of, of the rookie spectrum. Cause uh, this is an older guy played for, for some years here in the 2000s. So uh, RIP to uh, Roman Chechmanek, uh, I believe that's how you say his name. I hope it is. Uh, he's a goalie played professionally in the Czech Republic, Germany, and also in the U S uh, he did play for the flyers and the Kings. And that was between, uh, I think it was 2000 and 2004. So uh, RIP to him. Um, pretty pretty early uh i don't know there was sudden uh, not too much about it online at least that i was able to see i believe he's like 50 51 52 ish um so yeah sad sad to see that and uh you know i think the the hockey world is mourning his loss as well i feel like there's been uh, a few losses in, in the hockey community in the hockey world that we've uh, had to cover here recently uh unfortunately but uh, yeah you know rest in peace um you know love and love and prayers and thoughts to, to his family and his friends and you know anybody that's played with him been around him but uh yeah, I know. Sorry, somber news to have to bring. Um, just thought of it. Again, I was looking at on my screen. Just want to kind of make sure to mention that. Um, and then I guess another segue into to another older guy here who used to play. Lundquist uh, did have his Hall of Fame. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, wait, Hall of Fame. That's what it's called. Uh, Hall nope, of Fame ceremony nope. this weekend. I don't know why I just <laughs> had like a brain fart. But the, the Hall of Fame induction ceremony was this weekend for you know him and, and of course all those other great names that were inducted into the Hall of Fame. And uh those game jerseys, those Hall of Fame game jerseys are crispy. Oh my gosh. Dude, I know. I want one so bad. I know. You I you can't though. You have to get them like at like literally at the store like at the celebration or whatever. And I think they're only going to sell at them eBay. Probably. Yeah, I think they're literally only going to sell them through the Hockey Hall of Fame store like in person or like you said you probably have to get them on like the secondary market. But yeah, congratulations to him. Very well earned. We we've, we've talked a bunch about him here cuz of course we love him. Who doesn't, especially if you're a Rangers fan, grew up watching him play, but yeah, um, which I think, I mean, we covered a lot of good stuff. Did, uh, did you have any new stuff that we missed? No, I think that's about it. I um,
1: guess we do our segments and then probably wrap it up here.
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh, I guess we'll go into Light the Lamp first. Yes. Right. All right. So I'll we have a head. joint one for this. As I say, you can cover okay. this one because uh, as soon as we got on you know, on the on the chat today before the episode, you, you this is like one of the first things you mentioned to me, and I literally had the same one, so I'll let you run with that one.
1: Yes, it it is without a doubt. No drum roll needed. I think everybody knows before we even talk about it. It is Malkins, insane angled, you know, backhand from behind the blue crease that bounced off the sabre goaltenders. It looked like top of his mask trickled down his back right into the net. Um he's been on fire thirteen uh thirteen points now, eight goals, eight assists. Um, you know, he's at thirty seven years old. He's 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 you know, it's insane that him and Crosby in the tank and just keep it up. I don't know what what type of uh, drugs they're taking or <laughs> whatever you found. The you workout programs, man, together. they,
0: they got to be in the gym every day. And actually, in that game, oh, yeah. didn't um, Carlson scored finally, right? Not finally, I mean yes. he has a few points here, but I think he did score, yeah. Yeah. Which they got to be he happy. He scored twice, I think, yeah. Yes, he did, yep. Um, yep. They got to be happy about that one. Yeah, so, yeah, that's the light the lamp, but I don't think there's... <laughs> nah, really, <laughs> there's not, no, really, not much else to chance. say. I mean, if if you haven't seen it, check it out online. It was just so random it's one of those where you watch it going and you're like you're just thinking to yourself wait like that went in like i it's almost like you, if you weren't like watching really closely you would have missed it i mean until the, mm-hmm. until the light went off like i watched the replay and i was like what am i watching and then it just i see it the next second it's off is back in the net and i was like wait what <laughs> like yeah so yeah was, definitely definitely it, check it out if you haven't seen it Connects to Shea. Tick down towards a minute to go in the period. the Zahorna. Graves, one-timer over the head of it A rebound is put in! It's a great play off the rush that leads to this offensive zone play. There's that drive by Graves. I'm not sure if it hit anything. Um, but yeah, with that, I think we'll segue into our, our last segment here. Uh, Mystery Monday. I this will be coming out on Monday. Um... So I have I have one like real one and then one real quick one. So I'll just run through. And um, we talked a lot about about this today actually. So my first mystery is, what are the Oilers going to look like under non-block? How are they going to play? Um, you know, is this are we going to see some better stuff from them? Are we going to see some different stuff from them? Uh, definitely interested in seeing kind of how that pans out. Uh, you know, with that being said, the Oilers will be playing the Islanders on Monday, the Kraken on Wednesday, who they actually just beat right before Woodcroft got fired, which was weird, but. Anyway, uh, and then they will also be playing the Lightning uh, six days from now on Saturday next weekend. So, yeah, definitely want to keep an eye out on that situation, kind of see what the Oilers look like. And then just the real real quick one I had, uh, what will we here in New York be looking like uh, next week? So we have a game today on Sunday against the Blue Jackets, and then we don't play for six days. I think our next game is, uh, what, Saturday of next weekend. So I'm just wondering, you know, who's going to be there? Is Igor finally going to be back? We've been super, super conservative with him. So hoping, praying, kind of figuring that he will be back. Uh wouldn't be a bad time for Phil to come back as well. Uh, if he could kind of slot back in there, um, that would be, I think, about an inappropriate time, uh, hopefully, you know, fingers crossed. Uh, Foxy, I do think it will be a little bit longer, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, yeah. with that, like I said, I just run through those real quick. I'll get over to you because I'm really curious for what you have. I know you have a couple good ones mm-hmm. lined up.
1: All right, cool, yeah. Um. Yeah, if, I think Fox also, even if he's good to come back, he, he can't, I think it's like... Oh, way right, way right, It's the... um. They put oh it's LTIR yeah 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 um, good point man I, I I hope I hope he comes back as soon as that <laughs> that date oh god I mean thank God we've been playing well without him but we need him oh yeah um, yeah yeah so my mystery Mondays uh, one of them ties into yours the Oilers um you know yeah what will the Oilers look like with Chris Knobloch, and you know are they going to put McDavid maybe on um. IR, you know, he's definitely playing injured, whatever it might be. Uh, but my mystery is more so, you know, in these next 20, in this next 20 game stretch, if they continue to struggle, if their record stays the same, if they're losing games after games after games, what are they going to do? Fire another coach? Bring in another coach after that? Probably not. But, um, you know, that's my mystery for that. Can they turn the ship around? You know, they have like, I think, seven points. <laughs> <laughs> We're in November of the season. It's Just crazy. Um, yeah, and the and the Golden Knights, who are the top of their division, have like twenty two or something like that. So yeah, some uh, steep mountain to climb. And my second same division as well for Mystery Monday is the Va- Vancouver Canucks have been on fire lately. Um, you know they did this, just lose to the Maple Leafs, but my Mystery Monday for them is can they keep up this momentum? Can Elias Petterson Quinn Hughes, J.T. Miller, Thatcher Demko, all of them. Can they keep it up? Can they maintain their dominance, their speed, their high point percentages, or will they crumble like they seem to do almost
0: every year? But um, yeah, those are my two. I like that last one. I do. I really. Unfortunately, I mean, I guess not really. Unfortunately, because we don't really play them too much, it wouldn't really matter until we, you know, if we were until we were like playing them in the, in the Cup final. Um, but, Maybe uh, that's a flash from the pet. Dude, imagine how that crazy. you like, go to the cup again with them, but uh, Holy yeah, I mean with man. that I, I do think that <laughs> i I don't think they're going to crumble here. I think that barring injury or any kind of you know like huge changes over there like they look really good, and actually I think we you've probably seen it online as well uh you know, Pedersen heart talk should uh should be. I think going up a little bit here, I mean, I, I had kind of previewed him in the beginning of the year. I know you had as well, just in terms of like how talented he is. And, and I really thought that this was going to be a year that we were going to see him come out here and just light it up again. Cause he had, I think he had like a hundred points last year, uh, quietly, yeah, yeah. he had a quiet, quietly just had an amazing year last year. And here he is with 25 points leading the league, uh, him, JT Miller and or him, Quinn Hughes and JT Miller in that order are, um, all in the top five for goal, uh, for point scoring um they're not first, second and third but that's just the order that they appear i think i know he's first i think quinn hughes is like third tied for like third and then i think miller's like fourth or fifth or something or maybe even six but nonetheless for three of their players to be in top point production of the league here uh you know all the, all the points that they put up here yeah they they look like a force man they are they are a wagon right now and uh, i don't see that wagon stopping anytime soon
1: yeah rangers could have drafted better Oh, don't yeah, even remember. Leo
0: Sanderson. Woo. Who's like not even playing right now, but Yeah, <laughs> Leos Anderson. I guess with that we'll just real quick um I guess just a couple comments on the on the Rangers because we do have a game coming up here. That last game we played Thursday night when we recorded, we looked really really good uh another shaky second period which besides is besides that
1: second period yeah i
0: mean i know that that's also like the wild they're pretty good in the second period like they kind of get better as the game goes on yeah. so we've seen that now happen twice against the same team so it makes me wonder if that's also more related to the fact that that's just kind of how the wild they're gonna you know bring their game as yeah. the game, you know as the game progresses they get better um but yeah didn't love to see that but other than that it was a great game i mean louis Domingue looked incredible in net made some really good saves uh, Blake Wheeler yeah. finally scored a goal for us first on the power play. Uh, other than that, he does look slow. And unfortunately, I wish that we had a better option at, at first right wing. But uh, I think we we'll, Still a
1: problem with the right wing. Yeah.
0: I, I, I wonder... Oh, I, you saw those... Oh, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, I think they're probably just going to ride with him for a few games here and kind of see if, if they can get more production out of that first line without Kako. But I, I think... It, <laughs> If it's five, okay, six, yeah, but, seven games later and we're not seeing it, throw Kako back up there. What's Wheeler? What's the worth of giving Wheeler all those extra minutes at yeah, that point? You not, know, it's not worth it. But yeah, laugh from too. those insider,
1: three, he did. Yeah, three point nine him and Trocheck. Oh yeah, um, those insider reports though of the <laughs> you are still looking at Patrick Kane is crazy. I have no oh idea my God, how that I would do, work.
0: I, Makes no sense. Like I'm just so tired of it. I, I just don't want him. I don't. I really don't. <laughs> And I feel like we're going to end up with him. And it sounds weird to say I don't want Patrick Kane on my hockey team, but I just don't where we are right now because it's not like they're going to dump Wheeler and our fourth line. While they haven't been putting up points are playing very well. They're playing very exactly. They're playing very well defensively and we've employed them very strategically, you know, in the, in the defensive zone, winning important faceoffs, shutting down, you know, top, top talent. So I don't really want to shake up our bottom six if we don't have to. And if we do bring in Kane, that's going to take up a spot and take minutes from a young guy like Kako, who we're still kind of, the the jury is still out on here a little bit. So I just don't love, yeah, I just don't love that talk. I I don't want him on our hockey team. I don't, especially after last year, well, you know, him coming in here and really not doing much of anything. And then, okay, well, what's the expectation? He had the surgery now he's going to be a robot. Like, no, we have also, we talked about it a couple episodes ago. People don't really come back from the surgery and play the same. So I am really not gassed up about that. I, I just... Just to keep seeing that news circulating online, I'm like, can he just go somewhere else, please? Like, <laughs> like if he is going to come back, just go somewhere else. Like, come on.
1: Yeah, my thought is, if it costs a bag of chips, I'll gladly take him. You know, it's an upgrade to some extent, but it would suck for him to eat those minutes from Kako. But if Kako's not going to show it, then he need somebody that's going to produce on the right I guess right it's way.
0: just like, a, if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of thing. Like, we look really that's fair. good. That is fair. You know? I, I don't know. I don't know. I guess there's always that question like he is an incredible talent and if he's going to come back and play you know half of what he used to be I guess that is an upgrade over some of the talent we do have here so I guess it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world I just I'm not a fan I don't know vehemently against it right now but I guess we'll see now is the time that they talked about you know November December January was kind of the window that was talked about him. Yeah, his team's
1: working yeah his team's working hard right now
0: I'm sure they have given him offers but he
1: Probably wants to go to a contender. He's at the end of his career. He's not going to want to go to a rebuilding team or a mediocre team.
0: Yeah, no. He definitely does not want to do that. No way. Yeah, we'll definitely have to keep our eyes out on that one because it, it is kind of a time here for him to make an appearance in the league at least. If that is, you know, if if, if all these timelines and things we've been seeing online are, are going to you know follow, then yeah, yeah, well we'll see him in the league here soon. So whether it's for us or someone else, it'll definitely be exciting to have him back in the league. But uh yeah, yeah. I think I think we all know how I feel about that one. But uh yeah, I mean I don't know if you had anything else. Um, you want to cover here or any last kind of comments if you want to wrap it up?
1: Well, I think we'll just wrap it up for this one. Um, you know, and I'll mention a new segment for Friday, Bad Take Fridays, where we're going to find some pretty awful, horrendous, and also hilarious uh, bad takes on Twitter. I've seen a few here and there. I'm going to try my best to find as many as I can. I think it'll be a fun one. But other than that, um, I'll let
0: you close it out first. Actually, yeah. So yeah, that will be a fun fun little segment. Be on the lookout for that one. Uh so <laughs> nice to bring some some laughs here. I'm sure we'll find some funny stuff, some bad stuff, some uh interesting stuff. Hopefully some thought-provoking stuff. But yeah, we will definitely have that one for you on Friday. Uh yeah, another good episode in the books here. Episode 27, keeping it rolling. Uh glad to uh to get another one done here. Excited for a game tonight. Be on the lookout for Rangers Blue Jackets baby. Hopefully we can uh, get them back for that uh what was it? Like the second or third game of the season. That that weird Loss after coming out, you know, awesome in the first mm-hmm. game. And then they, they gave us, uh, you know, they gave us quite the quite the game there. So, yeah, hopefully we can get some revenge on them. Definitely be watching that one. But, uh, yeah, other than that, had to uh, get another one in the books. And uh, catch you on the next one.
1: Yeah, thank you. Uh, tune in every Monday and Friday. Uh, tell your friends, families, loved ones, strangers, anybody that you know about the show. Uh, give us support. Hit us up on our socials, our Gmail, whatever it may be. Smoke signals, whatever you want. Um, Yeah. Tune in every Monday and Friday, and we will see you on the next one.